So what I'm going to do is just intro, give you a formal intro. So you just feel, you know, even more high and mighty. And then, and we continue talking about whatever, whenever, and this is, this is all golden. So so. I'll I'll just try and be a bit funnier (laughs) because I, I I didn't, I didn't realize we'd started. So I, I've, you know, I haven't even tried yet. So uh, Max didn't didn't want to be the one to say that he's kind of established the relationship with you. So he was typing us like, Hey, someone, can someone say this to him, please? I don't, I don't want to be a guy. Yeah, if, any, if anything, we thought you'd be the straight man on this, and we. we yeah, no, no, that's cool. I, I can play that role for sure. <laughs> it's like everyone says, like the straight man is quite a difficult role in comedy. It's not. You just talk normally at a normal pace. I don't know why. I don't. Know, I don't know why people think it's in any way skilled. Welcome to Footy Fellows. Welcome to Footy Fellows, coming at you from Chicago and Minnesota. Going to be talking soccer, talking life, playing games, playing mind games. We got a little something for you. If you haven't yet, throw us a follow on Instagram at Footy Fellows Pod. Also Twitter at Footy Fellows Pod. Also YouTube, a subscribe at Footy Fellows Pod. Today we got a little extra something for you, an entertaining and hilarious interview with Anthony Richardson, an award-winning sports comedian, writer, and presenter. He's also a voiceover artist, if you couldn't tell from that intro. He's one of two exploding heads on ESPN's The Exploding Heads, the voice behind YouTube web series, Bad British Sports Commentary, and he told us a little bit about his new podcast, which was just released this past week. So tune in for a look inside the world of sports comedy and some exciting new expressions that might just get stuck in your head. We're, we're big exploding head fans. We were before he came on, at least a little bit before Jones, you turned us on to the exploding heads. Yes. Um, you know, I think as we've kind of grown as a podcast, we've had to dive headfirst into the meme world and, um, it's a, it's a wonderful world. It's a hectic world. Um, and you get exposed to new things you haven't seen before. And one of them was a clip uh, from the Exploding Heads that was circulating on one of the many popular um, meme pages. And it had me splitting my sides. My sides, they were literally splitting. And so, because um, that's how it's, that's right. Yeah, I've got that. It's the expression. Yep. And, um, and so I went to their page to check it out to be like, all right, this is definitely just a one-off for them outlier they're not actually this funny but no you listen to you listen to their stuff but you actually, you watch their videos low budget hilarious hilarious stuff um anthony richardson and you know i, I call him ian five ankles because that's an incredible name his partner in crime uh they they just have the funniest banter um the most tongue-in-cheek um insights into you know soccer commentary that you don't see, I feel like we don't see this in the U S we don't get this kind of, um, in depth, uh, you know, kind of glimpse into these topics. Um, and especially in sports, um, I think the closest thing you'll get is some witty remarks on sports center or something like that. Uh, so it was really cool. It was almost, almost dare I say like meeting a hero. Ooh. All right. Now you're laying it on kind of thick. <laughs> yeah. I think the exploding heads are genuinely, very, very funny 
very talented at what they do. Like Joan said, low budget, but it really adds to the comedy. It's fantastic. You know, I think the closest thing is you mentioned here in the States and the, the comedy behind sports, I, I voiceovers. Voiceover seems to be the go-to, like either funny voiceover. It's really all funny voiceovers. There's a guy on Instagram that does NBA. The NFL has a funny, funny voiceover, like misheard mic recordings. And that's funny. But these guys really take it up a notch and have scripted, scripted comedic scenes. And it's it's a joy. I don't know. I see you were, you were telling us the other day that you're your humor, would you say yourself, it's not that, uh, not that complicated, your, your taste in humor? I don't want to oh. miss, I don't want to misquote you. No, yeah, my humor is very, uh, it's very dumb. <laughs> I like your, your, ta- uh, your taste in humor. Your humor is wonderful, mm-hmm. but your taste in humor. <laughs> oh yeah, I should clarify that. Yes. <laughs> no, I like, I love South Park. I just think it's hilarious seeing little kids do bad things and say bad things make me laugh. Austin Powers <laughs> makes me roll on the floor laughing, knee slapping stuff. It's just it's it's dumb humor that gets me going and I embrace it. I love it. And this I, the, I, I'm sorry start. just quickly exploding heads is not dumb humor. There is they, <laughs> yeah. they are You're really setting them up well. <laughs> no, it's definitely not dumb humor. I just want every fof to know that it's uh, it's a couple of levels and notches above, it's, and now nah, it's very smart. It's it's intelligent, witty, <laughs> witty stuff. Jones, you guys just us? set me up. What's going on? <laughs> it's hard to back out of that one. Uh, no, but to 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 build on that point though, it legitimately their their humor is literally taking a um, an insight in the soccer world and turning it on its head and making it ironic. And so because of that, it, it has it's imbued with depth. Let's look at the group behind Newcastle United's proposed takeover in more detail. Um, They are alien life forms from the planet Upton Ursula, that's 4,000 light years away, whose ambitions, it says here, are to harvest human flesh to feed and sustain their own parasitic existence. Steve, what are your thoughts on the mooted purchase? We've been crying out for a takeover. We're cautiously optimistic. If they put their money where their mouth is and spend in the transfer market, back Steve Bruce bringing a world-class form and a new keeper yeah. they'll win the fans over human that i'm really into is a little more um self-referential um self-aware um and i feel like what they accomplish is you know they know what they're doing is goofy um, but they also know that it's um just just on point like they're calling out the things that we think are is weird in soccer and and they're making fun of it if we're talking like what genres describe us, I'd say I'm top of the head. Things shows that I enjoy right now would be like um, uh, New Girl or Community. Um, also a big fan of if we're talking stand up, I think Bo Burnham's new stuff was really funny, um, and like John Mulaney. So I feel I feel like that picture kind of paints me as very bland in some ways, but um, but but I would say you know a little more self aware. Yeah, if we're going down, we're going down with the ship because I'm also going to paint myself into a corner here and say that some of my favorite comedy to view and and potentially influences that I was watching more so, you know, growing up were Jake and Amir, all the college humor stuff they did, Ben Schwartz, especially more recently on Twitter, hilarious. 
I think you should leave with Tim Robinson on Netflix, like that kind of ridiculous bits with twists and turns and taking it to another level. And aside from SNL and some of the more classics that do a pretty good job where they're funny pieces and for sure you're laughing, but the ones I mentioned make me laugh just a little bit harder sometimes. It's not easy to do it from the sports angle. I think Ted Lasso, uh, Sudeikis, Jason Sudeikis, yep. with uh, the series he's got going on right now and the, the single video that they produced a couple years ago for for the Premier League as an advert. That was that was a classic, but other sports comedy, there's it's few and far between, far yeah. and few in between, one you, of the two. You've got, <laughs> if you really think back on it, you've got like, um, there's always scenes in sports movies perhaps that can be funny here and there. Um you think of like water boys, like the first thing that comes to my head. Um, Remember the Titans, <clears throat> I the mean, blind that, side. Right. All of those, like those, I was laughing nonstop, nonstop. <laughs> all right, sicko. <laughs> Just like, they're not going to win. What are you talking about? What are the chance? Oh my God, they won. Wow. <laughs> Surprise. I see any other sports movies or no? Should we just get into it? The longest yard. That's that dumb humor for you. So did, did every movie we just mentioned have Adam Sandler, basically? Except for Remember the Titans and The Blind Side? Uh, Happy Gilmore. That's a sports movie. You're right. Golf. Wow, he kind of owned the space until the exploding heads came along. That's an interesting take. I think it's accurate. I think it's. I wonder if that's actually a rivalry. Conflict of interest. Like they could never bring on Adam Sandler because that's main competition. That's <laughs> yeah. the, the derby. Exactly. It's just a monopoly. It's like, <laughs> you guys can't can't own really all the space we were fortunate to get just a little sneak peek a little preview into the mind of anthony richardson and without further ado because we want you to enjoy it as much as we did chatting with him every second of it we're going to jump into the interview we'll catch you next week today we are thoroughly thrilled to welcome on to the pod the talented and hilarious anthony richardson Anthony is an award-winning sports comedian, writer, and presenter. He has written, performed, and presented sports comedy content for BBC Comedy, Guardian Football, BN Sports, Bleacher Report, Bloomberg, Red Bull, 442, the Harlem Globetrotters, NASCAR, and those were the mostly American ones I kept so that fans would appreciate, um, and many more. His smash hit web series, Bad British Sports Commentary, has notched up over 11 million views. Highly recommend if you haven't checked it out already. And he has been part of ESPN's go-to sports comedy team, The Exploding Heads, since 2013 with the web series, How Will They Line Up? Anti-Fantasy Football World Cup show, Balupski, The Football Agents, and Premier League in 90 Seconds. He's also got the inside scoop on a brand new podcast series on the way, which we're excited to hear all about. Anthony, welcome to the pod. Thanks very much. That was an amazing introduction. Uh, I enjoyed it wholeheartedly. And I'm going to copy and paste that and put it straight on my LinkedIn. Uh, <laughs> that, that we, we, we would appreciate that. Um, if you would give us a little credit, uh, that no we worries. wouldn't mind. Can you endorse uh, me as well? Because I need, <laughs> I need endorsements, apparently. Yeah, your Microsoft Word skills are actually pretty impressive. Yeah, so. and paint. Don't forget paint. <laughs> <laughs> of course. I, I think the, the, the first thing we were actually wondering, just right off the bat, we were on Twitter and saw that you just posted recently about the, you know, two fans missing each other um, mm. and fighting. Um, like how, how, what is your production schedule? How often are you creating these things? Where are they coming out of? Um, and where are they all just on Twitter? Or are you posting them elsewhere? Uh, well, yeah, kind of these are on Twitter and Facebook at the moment on exploding heads. Um, and 
sometimes on YouTube, but um, yeah, a kind of, so we've got this format, right, where it's a fake phone-in, radio phone-in show. Um, so you get a lot of them, I'd, to be honest, I don't know any, the names of any in the US, but in England, you've got things like Talk Sport and 606, are two really big football phone-in shows. And um, I, I've got the, so much respect for all football fans, but goodness me, like the amount of nonsense people come up with. And I kind of thought it'd be funny to sort of take whatever's happening in the news in football or sports in general and imagine it as a sort of phone-in. So anything topical that happens, uh, Mark and I, uh, my writing partner, Mark Davison, we we kind of, yeah, have one eye on it and just try and write a little sketch about it. So yeah, we, we kind of write a sketch and then I usually, I don't know how technological you guys are, but I use uh, Apple Pages is pretty good. You can, it's just a word processor. Uh, you can type on that. You can, you can save it and everything. And uh, then I email that straight over to Mark and then we film it remotely um, and then edit it. And like within about an hour, it's kind of live because uh, it's all so topical that you kind of are a bit hamstrung by like production schedules and all that. So all of the stuff I do looks a bit rubbish and sometimes the jokes are a bit rubbish, but the, the key thing <laughs> is it's really up to date. We we're, I mean, we're very impressed. And, and if anything, I think the, um, there's almost a charm that comes with it. The, uh, the humor is a little tongue in cheek. Uh, I mean, it's very tongue in cheek. What are we saying? Um, but then the, the, to your point, the technology is very simple. You know, you're not mm -hmm. using a ton of different, um, if anything, I feel like the most complex thing you might use is the green screen and mm. uh, changing the, the voice, um, up, you know, pitches or octaves or anything, but, uh, or warping it. But for the most part, it's so simple. It, it encourages us people who are trying to break into the, into the game to feel like, you know what, these guys are doing it hilariously and on a budget. Um, maybe that's something we can, we can try to mimic. Yeah, I think there's there's loads of people that are way more successful than I am. And they're literally, they've just got their camera in their living room. They haven't even chosen a good backdrop. Uh, and they just put like a like a wig on and they do someone's funny voice. And then it, the, cut, the camera like cuts really jauntily to like them again in a different wig. Saying they haven't even subtitled it. They And like the, the sound's terrible and it gets like a million views. So I'm, you know, I thought, I'll tell you what, I could get two million views by putting a bit of green screen behind it and actually using a professional microphone. But it turns out that actually that does worse. You, you get fewer views. <laughs> so I think the key with internet comedy now is just to make it as like really amateurish as you possibly can. And that seems to do really well. For a second there, I thought you were referring to Love Island, just cameras in your living rooms, yeah. people in different wigs. Can tell you got, where you're going with that. Have you got Love Island in the US? It's surprisingly big, at least among the people I, I speak come, to. Come and so on, I don't mate. know what that says come about on. me, but the people you speak to, you watch my, it. my friends. Okay. You've my friends, it. your friends, yourself, you want to join <laughs> the conversation. You want to win the holiday to wherever, you know, the texting holiday. Um, I know, mate, I know it. I know I've watched three or four series of love Island and hated myself. I look, I watch an episode and then I go to the bathroom and look at myself in the mirror <laughs> and I just, seethe seethe silently at myself yeah but anyway um yeah with so with espn like because uh, because we've got to edit all of our own stuff right so that's why all of my stuff looks rubbish 
and it's all green screen because I've had to like learn on the job, like learn how to edit and sort of do all of the production side of things. Um, Cause when we started at ESPN, we, we kind of did a little YouTube show and uh, called how will they line up and literally ESPN watched it and said, that's great. Do you want to do it for us? And we said, oh, brilliant. Will there be like a production crew? And they said, no, 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 you just put it on our website. Uh, So I had to carry on editing it. And um, so, so like you, if you watch all of my stuff, which I would never, ever recommend you do in chronological (laughs) order, you'll see like this gradual improvement of edit Um, up until now where I like, basically like at the start it was taking me like a day to edit a, like a three minute video because i was doing all like these little effects and like um green screen sort of tracking motions and like the early shows were just us in green t-shirts against a green background and it was just literally our heads like floating about the screen and just right right like, so we, we, uh, we've yeah. uh i will i will say uh you know you know we do our due diligence so okay. we, we do we do our research we've we've come through all of your content and wow goodness I've thrown so much mud at a wall, and some of it stuck. <laughs> I mean, uh, it, the, the the bad British commentary absolutely stuck. When we're watching it, we're thinking to ourselves, you know what, is is Anthony and, and the team, I, I, I don't want to just put this all on, on, don't give you too much credit, you know, in case it's bad or good, but, uh-huh. you know, we find it very funny, Americans across the pond. To what extent have you won... Um, recognize that fans who engage with your content are international or just from the UK and two, do you cater your content to a certain demographic? Oh gosh. Wow. I love that. I love that question. Um, I think because ESPN in the UK is not really, I mean, obviously it's, they've got big offices uh, in London and they film loads of stuff and it's all great, but at the, the, the main like uh, viewers are from the U S right. You know, it's an American sports uh, media conglomerate and uh so a lot of our fans turn out to be from from the US and i think um we learned quite early on that f- american soccer fans are just as literate about the sport as british fans in fact they probably know more about the sport than english people for sure so any any thoughts of like changing my tone or changing my you know <laughs> what I talk about in football, I would never ever do because I, I have absolute faith in an American audience. And it, I'd say our, our sort of audience is mostly American, like 70% American, 30% British. So, uh, that I would never, ever like change the tone, change the style to fit a certain, uh, demographic. However, I appreciate the Americans probably aren't that interested in like league one and two football and certainly not non-league. And they probably don't want to hear about some player who played for Ipswich in 1973. So I try I kind of try and keep it, you know, I don't know, a little bit more uh, current and sort of uh, less niche than it could be. But um, God, that doesn't distract from what we do. I mean, you've seen the stuff we do. It's completely insane. So uh, yeah, and it's it's fun as well to sort of, you know, it gives us the opportunity to dive into MLS and things. And we just did like a show called MLS Breakfast where we, oh God, it's so awful. We basically, <laughs> we, we, we presented the MLS's back tournament uh, from Des Moines in Iowa. Uh and we were based in a, an Airbnb in Des Moines, <laughs> but we had to keep flying to the cities, uh, even though 
<laughs> even though the actual tournament was taking place in Florida, but we were sponsored by <laughs> Iowa because Iowa were bringing out a new MLS expansion team in 2034. So yeah, but so I mean that is pretty niche, right? But that you know having an American sort of I mean I'm not saying we've got loads of fans or anything. I mean we've we're well cult, but um, you know having American fans allows us to do some interesting things that I don't think other British comedians about football would even think about touching. Um, and it's really, I don't know whether you actually enjoy the bad British commentary series, but uh, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of been quite eye opening how much Americans actually enjoyed that because I thought they'd absolutely hate it. <laughs> it's just, no, I... yeah, it's just bizarre. It's amazing. We, I mean, we've, uh, I can say from, from the get go, um, we, if anything, were first um, employed with <clears throat> the knowledge. First, get, what am I saying? I'm just saying I don't, I don't know, but it's, you said employed with knowledge, and that's right. Like, Isn't that great? I mean, I'm back to LinkedIn. Unemployment <laughs> is so rife in in the world at the moment. You're you're being hired by knowledge. Yeah, it's a it's wow. a it's a wild. You know, toss it up to American idioms, right? Fantastic. Um, yeah, carry on. Sorry, mate. On. Uh, no, no, no. We, we, we first, if anything, uh, uh, were exposed to the the exploding heads um, via uh, like meme culture. Um, right. You know, we were. I, I think we were just on Instagram, and I'm I'm not sure if you follow or are familiar with FB banter, stray offside, or twelfth man tweets. No, but um, I should. If they're stealing uh, our content and putting it out there for a bigger audience, <laughs> I need to thank them. <laughs> exactly. If anything, we're watching this and, and, it, and they'll show a clip. And I think, I'm trying to remember, I think it was, you know, probably when they're trying to troll United. And so you guys, you know, put up your recurring, um, yeah, uh, you sure. know, fans' expectations need to be lowered kind of combo. Mm. And, um, and so we saw that, went to the page and saw just all of your videos are hitting, like scratching all of the itches that we joke about and wish that someone joked more, more about you, you were mentioning that you would like to thank them. Um, how, how, how do you feel, do you acknowledge that meme pages are doing stuff like this and, um, uh, what do you do to engage them if at all? Uh, well, I'll tell you what I've thought about recently and okay, firstly, um, these companies that there's a lot of companies basically, and they are companies that they're, they're, they definitely have a payroll and they definitely have budgets. And basically, um, they'll, they'll, you know, download content and repost it as their own with like a, a laughing emoji and saying, <laughs> where did this come from? It's like, I know where it came from. You downloaded it. You, you, <laughs> You, you know, <laughs> I can see you downloading it. Uh, but anyway, so then, you know, it's, it's this kind of content theft, which obviously does me financially no good in any way, shape or form whatsoever, because, you know, we're, a lot of the time we're making these videos and they're getting, say, like 100 likes or retweets or whatever. They're not, they're pretty niche. But then, I don't know, Liverpool um, banter 365 or whatever, uh <laughs> I put, you know, are ripping the content and putting it on their own channels. It's getting, you know, 10,000 likes and stuff. And I, I guess I feel in a way that it's great because it does mean that what we put out is funny and people like it. And just the fact that we are so terrible at self-publicizing our stuff and marketing in any way, shape or form that it, that really the, the, the faults of us not being very well known are more our own technological limitations and marketing skills than actually our content, which is a, which I like to think is 
7 out of 10 good. Um, but at the same time, you don't get any recognition for it. And I kind of want to... I've, I've started... Um, if I see someone ripping our um, stuff, um, I've started saying to them, okay, can you just donate £50 to this charity? And that's your payment. Because they're never going to like... There's no point like sending them an invoice, is there? But if you kind of... <laughs> Just say to them, okay, well, you've done that. Let's at least make some good out of it. So I've got like a specified charity that I uh, ask people to donate to in lieu of giving me any money. It just feels like they actually do it then. Do you know what I mean? That's beautiful. That's an awesome idea. Well, it, it kind of just does a bit of good, right? I mean, I, 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 nobody has any money during the pandemic, but companies are not, if you send an invoice into the ether, it's not going to go anywhere. Like if someone steals your content, there's not a lot you can do. But if you kind of sh try and make some good out of it, at least get them to donate financially to a charity, then I kind of I guess it's the the second best thing, right? It's a much better idea idea than what I had in mind, which was just bringing them on right now and having you guys hash it out, kind of like your 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 recent video, two callers. Yeah, you know that. Yeah, it. I I don't know. I mean, I'm not. I, I'm a lover, not a fighter. And I just I don't. I think. I'd try and argue with them and then I'd end up agreeing with them and maybe just giving them all of our back catalogue for free, like the Beatles did. <laughs> That's why we bring people on. We need the humanity. People want to know Anthony Richardson, you know, lover, not a fighter. Have you guys ever fought anyone? Like fist fights, like just, in like a parking lot? Just my lot? brother. Just your brother. I've never, I don't think I've ever punched anyone. I don't think, I'd, you know, like... I think I just, it hurts way more than it looks in movies. Yeah, totally, totally. There was one one time these these guys were walking behind me late at night, and I, I I got my house keys. I was walking back from the station, and I put a key between my like fingers, like my knuckles, just in case if I needed to punch them, I had a key, and I could like do some damage. But you know, they, it was a complete misunderstanding. They just were walking quickly behind them, and then they just overtook me because they needed to get home themselves. So I think they were like commuters going home in suits. I mean. But yeah, I think that's the closest I've come to a fight. You set the settings very well. I mean, Thanks, dude. Thanks. For what it's worth, since we're doing story times, I yeah, think sure. the closest thing I had to a fight was um, like fourth grade. And it was, it was a tussle with a friend that was, you know what? We were getting personal, all right? We're doing this. Yeah. And I think, I think I lashed out with a slap. I think oh, there was a slap God. in there. And, and, he, and he threw one too. And then we just kind of jostled. But but the the idea of a, a full on punch is foreign. I don't, I don't think I don't think it's ever going to happen. I think you know, like people go to jujitsu classes and karate and that. I think if you're ever in a fight, just windmill your arms around and maybe. <laughs> and, and and I th I feel like if you mess you, like soil yourself, like if you have an accident in your pants, then I think that, that that would weird them out and they'd want to like leave the situation, like much like animals do. It's like fight or flight, isn't it? Yeah, that's uh, anyway. there. I've definitely seen video bits, uh, some online comedians doing bits where it's the whole. I don't know if you're familiar with like Eric Andre. He, yeah, of course, whole idea, of course. This whole idea of going up to strangers and putting them on the spot and like yeah. that's the, the comedy in it. And so these guys would go up and they'd like just pick random strangers and like get ready to fight them. Like, all right, let's go, you know, do something that would irk them. And then before the fight started or like when the other person like put their hands up, 
they pull their pants off and they just be in their <laughs> underwear. They're like, all right, let's go. Let's get it. <laughs> and, the, yeah. and like a hundred percent of the time, the other person's like, whoa, what are you doing? And we just walk away. <laughs> How often do you reckon Eric Andre looks at the script he's written on the day of the shoot? And it's just like, oh, right, I love I, him. I, I'm naked again. I've written myself into <laughs> <laughs> uh, again. And yeah. quite frankly, why am I doing this? Why have I written another naked part? And I've, oh, I've got to grease myself up and rub myself against that old lady. Uh, you, make it sound, you make it sound like there's a Dr. Jekyll Hyde situation where he, like, yeah. he doesn't even know what he's written and then he sees it and he's like, no, what have I done? Not again. I, I think like in American comedy, especially if you look at people like Tim Heidecker, Eric Warheim, um, uh, Eric Andre, like a lot of like that sort of, and they all sort of grew up in influencing each other, right? Didn't they? On like Adult Swim and all of that. They are, they're, they're some of the most uh, intelligent people. Oh, yeah. And I I refuse for a second that privately at home, Eric Andre is like anywhere near his stage persona. I bet he's like, you know, yeah, he's apart, from, very... apart from the casual drug reference, you know, taking, <laughs> I expect he's like reading a lot of philosophy and literature at home in on like a, I, I'm, I'm imagining like a wing-backed um, armchair and a roaring open fire. And he's just... <laughs> Wearing a smoking jacket. Now, Andy, be before we pivot, I just want you to start spreading the word in in England that we're trying to get Eric Andre to take over the Ellen DeGeneres show. Okay. I don't know if you're familiar with Ellen DeGeneres, but she's yeah. on. Yeah, so she's on at like prime time after work hours. Uh -huh. And we want Eric Andre to take that show. I'll, I'll tell you what, we'll do a swap, right? I will have a, I will very happily start a campaign here to get eric andre presenting ellen degeneres <laughs> if you if you can have a campaign in the u.s of just keeping james corden in the u.s <laughs> that would be if like you just keep him for 30 40 years you, i mean you can even you can make him your, your national hero you can do whatever you like just make sure he stays over there and doesn't come back to the uk that would be really <laughs> awesome you're speaking of a guy, James Corden, who, who you may not exactly try to emulate, but you did mention Tim and Eric, um, as well as Eric Andre, mm. who, yes, we are, we are all absolutely big fans of those guys. Are those, would you say that those guys in particular, or, um, or even more, uh, are people who you draw um, your own personal inspiration from? Oh, gosh. Um, well, in terms of, what well, in, in terms of American comedians and influence, there's so many, but it feels like... Um, in America, uh, people are allowed to be a, a lot sort of stupider and goofier, right? In the UK, uh, I don't, it's hard to say, because obviously we've had Monty Python and so many, and the, the goodies and all of these like big sort of sketch groups and, and what have you that did like amazingly wacky stuff. But you've got these singular oddballs in the US, like Steve Martin and yeah, Tim, Tim and Eric, although obviously they're not singular, but like them on their own, uh, Eric Andre, all of these amazingly like colorful characters. And I, I kind of always wanted to do that, but in, in sports, but the trouble is in sports is that uh, most sports fans are, are very serious people. And, and when they want a laugh, it's uh, it's kind of in a in a serious way. I don't know I I don't know whether that's like that rings true with you or not. But doing more wacky stuff, but about sport, is always a hard sell for us. Um, and we find I, I guess that's why we're pretty niche. Um, but 
I, I found it really difficult to find any influences in sports comedy uh, for what I do. On that note, have you are you familiar with with Frank Caliendo or <clears throat> any of the work that he's done with like you know a very American like you know Fox uh, Sports NFL football content at at all? No, I'll be honest, absolutely not. And I try and keep abreast, but I'm no I ha- that slipped through the net. Oh, he's very funny. <laughs> he he may be a slightly older variation because I think they've I think there's been tweaks to it, but Fox. If, if ever you're looking for like just good old American comedy that you're almost like that's that's almost too slapstick for me, uh-huh. then Frank Caliendo he he just does impersonations of like everybody, um, and so you know he's he used to be like a mainstay on Fox, and then more recently at least last year I don't know if they're doing it this year they had Rob Rob Riggle, yeah, and um, and both have been in my eyes the closest thing I've seen that I can think of unless you guys can think of anything else. Um, of quote unquote sports comedy in the U.S. that's been uh, again somewhat successful. Um, so it's almost another layer when we, when we we're seeing your stuff. One, you're talking about soccer, mm. which you know no one's doing over here. And two, um, it's it's not as slapsticky, um, uh, which which you know we we appreciate. Um, it's it's a breath of fresh air, um, and is just always always enjoyable yeah i try and i try and um with with our sports stuff um i try and um i don't know because there's so much knowledge in sports that everyone shares right and and there's so much it's uh, football especially as a soap opera i guess every sport is it's almost more interesting to fans like who's going where you know who's trading and especially at the moment like i don't know we've got um players testing positive for COVID and all of that, that sometimes what happens around the game is actually more important to fans than the actual games themselves. So there's so much to, to make fun of and satirize that actually um, you don't need to go too slapstick because it's all so crazy anyway. I mean, we just did a, a thing about two Messi and Ronaldo fans arguing incessantly about who'd be better at getting COVID-19. And and you can and like they're just it's just sort of like take a take on the these Uber fans who are just oh, they're just they're not even football fans are they they just like Messi or Ronaldo they only like one player it's like they don't even need to watch the games they just like that one person um, and it's like there's so much rich like such a rich tapestry of stuff to 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 take comedy from it, it, you almost don't need to go too sort of slapstick or too out there with it in a way um but that said our stuff has this sort of natural crazy twist to it i guess which uh is just that's our style so um yeah you get a lot of sports com- com- comedy in the uk which is very um i don't know it's great it's fantastic uh but it's very sort of um conservative with a a, a small c as in not politically, but just, you know, it's it's not deviating too much from the norm. And what I want to do with our stuff is root it in what's actually happening in football, satirize it as much as possible, but give it that crazy twist that I guess that only we can do, um, which sometimes works and sometimes falls fails mis- miserably. It usually works, at least in, in our eyes, and uh, which makes us curious when you're consuming that news, when you're thinking of the different bits, especially for exploding heads, where on the spectrum would you say the sketches incorporate 
premeditated and completely written out content and how much of it is you uh, and Mark improvising and, and just going for it on the spot? Oh, I, I guess it depends on what we're doing at the time. So um, when we work for ESPN and we do our sort of um, fake pundit chats, you know, we're trying to emulate real sports analysts and pundits and presenters and um, talking about, say, for example, the Man United give up hope thing. Uh, that is largely improvised, really. It's um, We take a subject and we chat about it. And it's, yeah, I mean, there are a few sort of bullet points we want to hit. But yeah, it's it's an improvised chat that we then realize we've been talking for 25 minutes. We've got to cut it down to three minutes. And um, yeah, for stuff like that, it's improvised. But then other things where we want to like tightly hone a script, like um, the phone-ins at the moment, that's like really scripted, you know. Um, I think it's just because of the time limitations. With Twitter, videos and stuff like that, it's got to be like under two minutes 20. You've got to hit all of these bits in a script for it to actually make sense. So it's got to be tightly scripted. Yeah, it's a bunch. It really is a bunch of punchlines when it comes down to it. You're setting up the next line and maybe there's a transition in the middle that mm. throws you for a loop. But for a longer project or one that I'm assuming more thought was put into, otherwise it'd be really impressive to improvise like your video on Bohemian Rhapsody, where you're using yeah. footballers' names to spell that out, which is kind of a classic. Mm. Walk us through what that process is like from the idea in your head to how you're talking about it and then executing it and feedback you're getting, fan reaction. Talk us through quickly what that process is like for you. Well, for that Bohemian Rhapsody video, I've got a horrible story about that. Um, Perfect. So basically, <laughs> so basically, it's um, for anyone who hasn't seen it, it's we sing Bohemian Rhapsody, but we've changed all the lyrics to footballers' names. And it, it's, it's not the first of its kind. Um, and I'll come to that in a bit. But um, so... so some a friend of ours came to us and said this would be great bohemian rhapsody with footballers names so we all set about thinking of as many footballers names as we could and a friend of ours who's a musician he put the the music together and sang and we sat in a studio and basically mimed um the footballers names and made it like a queen video and we <laughs> we we put it out there and it did incredibly like um it kind of went a bit viral but then uh we uh were told by a friend a friend of a friend oh you should look at this youtube video of someone who's done exactly this seven years before you and literally we typed in bohemian rhapsody footballers names and there it was somebody had oh, already done it. oh no somebody had already done it on a bbc like um radio show <laughs> <laughs> so it was actually quite famous like <laughs> Uh, and we just didn't know we hadn't checked like the first thing you should always do is if you've got an idea google it definitely google it before <laughs> so we had you know i we were really proud of this we like it was the most work we'd ever put into anything like that before uh we were ex excited to put it out there we thought this is gonna be brilliant and you know loads of people watched it but then i don't know one in every 10 comments was like you've ripped this off so and so who did this seven years before you Oh no. So, and you're like, we promised we had no idea. You know, what can, what can you say? The only thing I could say is like, I mean, look at our stuff we've done before and you'd be hard pressed to steal the stuff we've been doing. <laughs> so like, I mean, please just let us off kind of thing. But it just felt awful because, you know, imagine if like you'd been done something you'd been really proud of and then someone else did it 
five years later and I don't know, I'd feel like terrible. So I kind of almost, I don't know, it's tarnished for me, even though I was really proud of the video and it was great and it did really well. It's like, well, you know, you can't really enjoy that anymore, can you? Well, appreciate the, the backstory. That's a good good piece of advice uh, before yeah. I throw it to you, Max, of just, if you have an idea, Google it. Google it. Yeah, Google it. Between you and I, was was yours better? I mean, like... Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ours was... I'll show you the links. You can... I'll, I'll definitely... We, in fact, in the description, I think we've even put the link to theirs, just literally holding our hands up and saying, please don't hate us. <laughs> we didn't know. Um, I, I think there's... Well, I mean... The original is always the best of everything, right? So yeah, no, the, theirs was better. Well, if, if, if it helps at all, and obviously you have a wealth of experience here, uh, more than I do uh, or, or we do, but something we always keep on saying to each other, especially especially in this um, insanely fast digital world, is that originality uh, seldom really exists because so mm. much of the content that exists has been contented or thought of in some capacity. Um, but what does exist, right, is is authenticity. And so as long as you are true to your voice and, and genuinely doing what you would do on a certain thing, then um, then no one can really take that away. It's just one of those things. But yeah, you're right. There is nothing new under the sun, really. And I guess, yeah, you, uh, th- there's no shame in being like influenced by people. But, um, you know, when you see like advertising companies just rip someone's idea and make an advert out of it, you know, or a commercial, I mean, mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of creative sort of bankruptcy going on, isn't there? And um, it takes a real sort of skill to keep thinking up original ideas that also land. If you are listening to this, please stop, immediately pause and go watch some Brad, Bad British commentary. We've got, you know, a football game, uh, American football, of course, basketball mm-hmm. and baseball. And, and we got some other ones, but those three, I mean trifecta beautiful content there's the there's an ice hockey one as well but you don't call it ice hockey do you, you call it hockey just, <laughs> yep. just there's no the field hockey game isn't as as uh, important here if that's what's rivaling no. ice hockey overseas yeah. my brother like he's he lives in canada now and he's married a canadian and um that her family they keep asking him to say ice hockey and then they laugh loads but they don't i don't think in canada <laughs> they don't have much entertainment going do they because they also asked him if he wanted to go like ice ho- ice fishing, where you just drill a hole in the ice and then you <laughs> like oh, I don't hey, know. That is funny, Anthony. You can't you can't rip on ice. <laughs> ice <laughs> guy here. Right. I mean, I feel like I've dug myself an ice hole of my own, but <laughs> I, I just I don't know. Like that to me, that just just sounds like a, a Tom and Jerry cartoon where you you're literally sawing a hole in. in the <laughs> if you and Mark ever are in a dry spell of ideas. Go around the uh, go ice fishing. You can just yeah. spend hours together with uh-huh. a line in the water. You're really not fishing. You're really just talking mm. and drinking together. And, and we'll uh, just keep, keep asking each other to say ice hockey <laughs> and, laugh. and, then, and recording and laugh. the whole thing. We'll laugh loads. Uh, I don't know. No, we never have dry spells. <laughs> no, <we do>. uh, <laughs> you can see all of this year for our current dry spell. Of many. <laughs> I think one question that we are always curious to hear from um, guests on the pod is uh, what is one misconception about being a fill in the blank, in this instance, comedian, mm-hmm. that fans out in the world should know um, about about the role? Uh, about the role? Um, 
I just think people probably don't realize how of an incredibly like lonely job it can be um because well especially during a, a pandemic but basically when you're I don't know if you guys are freelance or you're you work for companies or, or whatever you do but basically when when you're a freelance comedian you are literally going from job to job and that can be kind of a bit of a grind in a way that I mean obviously the pros are that you you get to meet loads of different people but at the same time it can be kind of it feel it feels like you know these stand-ups who go around the country and like you know Bill Hicks always used to complain about getting lots of different airplanes and all of that and you know you could see the loneliness of the stand-up comic back in the 90s 80s 90s and 2000s um you know going from gig to gig traveling the country and I did a lot of that when I was a stand-up but I think similarly weirdly there's a similar sort of uh isolation in a way with doing all of it on YouTube and um on the internet it's kind of weird it's like you kind of get away from doing stand-up to do more collaborative stuff with people and sketches and all of that but it's kind of still the same thing you're 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 alone with your the thoughts in your head about what you can make funny and um as as many people you've got to bounce ideas off you know it doesn't take away from the fact that it's quite a it's quite a lonely pursuit in in many ways uh also um meeting me in real life i am never very funny and i always think of funny things to say <laughs> sort of straight after a conversation so if you ever like met me and then i don't know you have a pretty disappointing conversation with me and you're <laughs> i don't know you're a bit disappointed please just allow me to run back to you about five minutes later and then say the funny thing i was thinking and just like maybe just laugh and then let me go on my way uh so yeah I wish I wish I wish people were <clears throat> were uh, no I, I take that back I'm I'm grateful people aren't like that I guess you have the ex the expectation of having the title as comedian where mm. there is that expectation all the time uh, do, you, do you can I ask you one question when Shoot. you're when you, uh, do you guys know stand up who have friends who are stand ups are any of you stand ups none of us are stand ups no. but you, have you got friends who are stand ups or any one friend There's I have one. Yeah. yeah, there's nothing worse than a stand-up who you're talking to them and then you suddenly realize they're doing a bit. They're like, <laughs> they've rehearsed this conversation. <laughs> and you're like, oh my God, they're, they're trying material out on me. This is a good time to tell you that this is just one big call-in sketch <laughs> that Mark helped us write. And so you've been playing your part perfectly. Thanks. We definitely appreciate you speaking to the realities of being a comedian and obviously we're talking to you because you're working in soccer and sports and have a lot of cool overlap but you know it, this the stuff you're putting out is valuable and it brings joy to people but it's helpful for everyone to hear you know both the the ups and the downs of what you're doing and the the life you're living on a day-to-day -day basis so thanks for sharing that no worries um but you know people can always send me money um <laughs> and uh that's all cool so yeah to your to your point sorry <clears throat> you know uh we also appreciate that you we're objectively handing you title as um uh just objective um humor controller arbiter of truth and, and all that is funny and not um and uh, we appreciate that and your time and of course um want to if you're a game uh shoot you a couple couple uh, expressions that that we've kind of come up with largely um inspired by some of the infamous ones from your your bad british um commentary such as if you'll recall uh, flapjack 
um, or I believe flapjack. I'm throwing an accent. Sorry about that. That's great. Um, Blow a blow a pleasant dream through my window. Mm, That's from the BFG. (laughs) That's incredible reference. Incredible reference. I appreciate. Uh, My my mom's in the other room. She's a big BFG fan. I'm gonna bring that up. Shout out um, to the BFG. Good book. <laughs> Go on, carry on. Mork and Mindy, and of course, Wowzers and Me Trousers, which mm. with an American accent doesn't have the same hit to it. Um, are there any other big ones f- before we, we throw you some of ours? Any other big favorites of yours that you've used over, over the years? Uh, uh, um, Steaming giant kettle when a basketball player sort of goes towards the hoop. Um <laughs> When I write a, a, a little sort of catchphrase like that, I try not to repeat them too often because, um, I, I don't know, like they can get diluted a little bit. But you, tr- I don't know, like a lot of it's just sort of complete nonsense. But it's the fact that, you know, these sports announcers and commentators, that a lot of the time they are under pressure just to say whatever comes out of their mouth. And it is complete nonsense. So it's kind of like taking that idea and just ramping it up to include like... Yeah, something from the BFG. I'd like to hear a commentator say, "Quote some Roald Dahl books when someone." <laughs> I would, I would, I think, I think the literary community would would thoroughly enjoy <laughs> something. But I, I also assume the literary community may not watch as much as as much uh, sport uh, as others. It's a um, shame. They should. There should be more of a crossover. Than there, is. <laughs> there really should be. Well, we've got uh, we've got a couple that uh, you know. Again, if you if you're trying if you're looking for things that you know are trying to spice it up, you don't want to repeat too many things. We, we've got mm. a couple that we just we just drummed up okay. um, that we're we're gonna lob your way, and uh, you know, you as we go, you let us know if it's a, a keeper, or, you know, toss it in the in the in the old waste bin. Okay, I'll try and I'll I'll repeat them in my accent, and we'll see if I'm work, they work. Okay. I was gonna fake an accent, but now now you, be in a weird place. You know, you, you can't you fake your accent. And but you've got to tell me where exactly in England it is. The accent. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll stick to the accent. But we appreciate you uh, playing along. And if one sneaks into an exploding head head video, you don't even sure. need to toss us credit. You know, we'll just kind of smile to ourselves. And, right, and I'll give the credits. I, as as I said before, I don't want to steal content. So yeah, I'll, I'll definitely credit you. You'll get on IMDb. <laughs> Our first first phrase. We'll just switch off. We'll go. Keep it quick. Keep it light. Sure. First one, talkative as Alexander Graham Bell. Nice. I like that. In what context? Context being there's a player complaining to the ref. You know, he's he's uh-huh. always or uh-huh. he's just talking on the pitch. Could be positive, could be negative. Can I can I throw a slight variation? Because obviously Alexander Graham Bell was the inventor of the telephone, and there would have been one phone call where it was just him talking and nobody on the other end of the line. <laughs> so it could yeah, you could it could be a really clever uh one about a player giving some lip to a referee who doesn't who's not listening back. I like how much you've thought about that. That's a keeper for me. Love it. All right. Second one is uh, pretty specific. Um, uh-huh. So, you know, you know, Go for it. you might want to be mindful of it. Uh, it goes, cowabunga, chumbawamba. Nice. And that's, uh, that's when a surfer gets taken down, uh-huh. uh, but then they get back up again. Right. How, how did chumbawamba get into the U.S.? You know, it just kind of happened. I'm not really sure. I think it was a, a oh, I was going to say, I think it was a hockey song. One of those celebration uh, okay, hockey songs. Okay, okay, okay. Kawabunga Chunga. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. Yes, that's a keeper. Okay, third phrase. They've been caught out without a mask. Good, good. As in timely, teams underprepared. 
lovely. I like that. <laughs> you couldn't wear that. You couldn't do that in a, in a sport where they actually have masks. That is true. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't think do that about in that. ice hockey. Should have googled that. It's true. Uh, but I yes, no, big fan of that. All right. Um, sent him to Tesco's to grab some frescoes. Good. Uh, can I just ask as well, where's Tesco's come from for you? We're <laughs> <laughs> really in for, for reference, you know, in case we're, we're extending our reach here across the pond. Sure. I like it. Tesco's for some frescoes. What, what are frescoes? Uh, something that rhymes with Tesco's. <laughs> but are they actually, are they actually an American, like, so, so what you've done there is you've assumed that a, a British supermarket is stocking some, some American sodas. Well, I, that's the thing. Frescoes don't exist. Oh, I, I, I don't see. know what it is. It's completely made up. And after a while, I was trying to come up with other rhymes, but it didn't work. So I just made up a word hoping that it would, it would, it would land. And, <laughs> and this, this should be specifically used when a defender gets sent the wrong way. So, yeah, you know, okay, they're, that's, they're, they're, that's nice. they missed it. So, 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 so basically what we need to do for this one to work is we need to invent the product Frescoes, market it, Build, build the product and then try and get it sold to Tesco's, the supermarket chain. This is a, it's like a three-year plan joke. Um, <laughs> I like that. With a marketing uh, strategy. I like that a lot. Yeah, no, that's got a built-in way of making money as well. So I'm, I'm, I'm all good with that. <laughs> well, did you think of any others for like Sainsbury's or Asda or Morrison's? <laughs> uh, those are, well, they haven't, they, they haven't contracted us yet. You know, we don't want to do everything for free. When when you looked up supermarkets, did you, how did you? Where did you go? Did you did you look up British supermarkets and then think of the fake product afterwards? You must have. <laughs> we we so here's here's legitimately what happened. Right. Uh, was, was, put it was 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 we were we we're, were coming up with different terms. Uh, the sing songy approach sounded like something that needed to be replicated once or twice, and um, I, I I figured and there's there's another one. There are a couple more down here that, that use British terminology. Cool. Um, so we were like, all right, we need to use something there. Uh, we've studied abroad. And so I spent time in Edinburgh and, okay, and nice. you know, very familiar with Tesco's and, and Sainsbury's uh -huh. and, and all uh -huh. alike. Um, so it was a no brainer, found it and then made up a word that, I don't know if you, if you, if you had said, Hey, you know, you, you mates, <laughs> have you had any frescoes recently? I'd be like, you know what? No, I don't know what that is, but Sorry, sure. Run that past me again. Hey mates, have you had any frescoes recently? <laughs> I'm going to go straight for the uh, the jugular here with my personal favorite. Bingo, bango, here comes the mango. <laughs> okay. <laughs> bingo, it's a special bango. treat. Dessert's Pick. coming, you know, like, or a slam dunk. I could see that being said after a slam dunk in basketball or, uh, you know, players are celebrating. It's Ray Hudson. Hat trick. That, mate, that is, uh, that is, that is a winner for me so far. <laughs> uh here comes the mango. Yeah, I'm imagining like a giant orange player, like he's slightly spherical as well, sort of like <laughs> making his way. <laughs> or like a yeah, that could work in NASCAR if they've got a painted sort of mango, sort of shaped car, not shaped, coloured car. Final lap. He's coming towards the checkered yeah. flag. Bingo, bingo! Here comes the mango. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, Love it. Anthony, we you know we have a long list of these which we can DM you on the side. Uh, we uh -huh. we recognize that you've got um, a couple seconds left, so with the time remaining, uh, we want to make sure that we have some time to talk about the the new podcast series that you have coming out. Sure. Well, it's uh, I don't know how to really say it, but basically, this time last week, I got an email, and 
it transpired that I've accidentally been given uh, one billion US dollars from the Qatari government to uh, <laughs> to build a football theme park in Qatar for the World Cup called Football Lands. So, I mean, it's come as a shock. And uh, I've never built a theme. I don't know if you guys have ever built a theme park. You're aware of theme parks, I take it. Disneyland. Oh, yeah. Disney we, we, built, we, built, we built a couple. Yeah. Bush Gardens, which tribute to the Bush dynasty. And <laughs> we've, but we haven't. We're not big theme park goers in the UK. I mean, Mark went to Legoland about, about 15 years ago, and that was a good time. But he was, <laughs> he went with his parents, but he was 33 at the time. I don't know why they took him. as <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so, so we've yeah we've built we've bought a plot of land in Qatar. Um, we got a billion dollars, and it was an accidental email, but it's in the bank account, and I've already spent nine hundred quid of it on a new laptop, so we can't give it back. <laughs> so yeah, we're just we, we're coming up with rides and amusements. We're filling that theme park, and every week we're getting getting on a guest uh, to pitch us their rides that they'd like included in the theme park. And hopefully by 2022 for the World Cup, we're going to have what is the greatest and only football theme park in, in the entire world. It's called Football Land. Um, that's all one word, Football Land. Uh, so Mark, that's th Mark, three L's? Is that three L's in a row? Yeah, Mark's very keen that there's a space between the, the L's, but I think that's a bit square. You look at Disneyland, <laughs> it's all one word. I'm not... If anything, let's have a tiny, tiny, like size one font space between <laughs> but let's just keep it one word and like let's have it clean and branding all about the branding so yeah so 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 mark and i come up with rights uh but they're football related rights so for example um well i don't i don't want to give any spoilers away but there's some pretty good ones we've thought of and uh yeah we get on guests so there are comedians or sports stars our first guest is jimmy conrad so he's uh, he's pitched us a, a ride um, which may or may not be heavily based on the one international goal he scored for the USA against Mexico. And um, yeah, so we're building this theme park, spending a billion dollars, uh, should be enough money. And um, coming to a podcast uh, provider near you. Awesome. Excellent. I'm, I'm thrilled. What are you guys thinking? Sounds great. I, I love the idea. <laughs> Super excited. It's yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, mate, we're probably going to find someone else has done it in about three minutes. <laughs> uh, no, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. Hopefully. Anyway, I mean, we've recorded four episodes and I've, they've made me laugh. So, we're, uh... we're, we're absolutely thrilled, man. Um, and, and, you know, on, on one hand, extremely grateful that you took uh, so much of your time to waste it with us. So one, Pleasure, thank you always. for that. And um, two, uh, we are extremely, we're big podcast lovers and of course we'll be your, your first and biggest fans. Thanks very much. That's, I really appreciate that. And you, you don't just see them on my social platforms, see them on more uh, successful platforms that have downloaded my content. <laughs> with, with or without credit, absolutely. No credit, there won't be. It'll be, who, who did this? Where's this come from? <laughs> And we want to thank Anthony Richardson for his time today. Uh, it was a thoroughly enjoyable uh, almost hour or so shared with him on a, a lovely Friday morning. Um, we wish him the best of luck with the new podcast, uh, which you all should check out, called Football Land. Uh, arguably one word. It's technically two, but not really. Um, it's on all of the streaming services that you would consume good podcasts. So 
until next time, we'll catch you later. Adios. See you next week. have the iphone either six or seven and i don't even want the new one it's better no. you know uh yeah my my have you got a cover on your iPhone? i've got an iphone six have you got i've got a bit of mold underneath my cover um <laughs>